listening to episode 14 of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the Showcase Network supernatural series Lost Girl, now also appearing on Sci-Fi. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, with Wayne. How you but doing, Dave? Oh, I'm sorry. doing great. <laughs> Cut me off as always. Uh, well, yeah, we're still working. On it. We're still very. This is this is really amateur. I, I know you, yeah. you're excited. I know because I'm excited because tonight, direct from a secret government facility where she conducts experiments in mind control. Welcome our good friend Danielle. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing great, and you know we've been. Uh, uh, you know, pimping you. No, wait, that doesn't. Sound That's good. not the right word. That was uh, we've been use. promoting you. Here we, we bring her in to like you know appeal to you know more female listeners, and you go use language like that, and they, now the three that were listening just turned it off. And now the listeners know why. You know, having Danielle on here is going to be That's a good thing, either, right? But she's supposed to stop you from doing stuff like that. Come on, good Danielle, point. get hey, it together. Not a mind reader. I do other things, but I'm not a mind reader. Okay. She's a mind controller now. Mind controller. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you know. Danielle, uh, what have you been doing sci-fi wise, or or supernatural? Because we we cover it all. I've been I've been rewatching some stuff, and you know, actually these days I'm watching some trash TV. Here comes Honey Boo Boo, but you know the mom looks like Jabba the Hutt, so I guess that that covers the sci-fi right there. Okay, that'll work. I have no idea what she just said. I don't <laughs> know what that show is. But what is that show? That's a weird title. Oh, it's about a. Uh, family from deep georgia and yeah really i guess you could say it does sound a little bit sci-fi deep georgia and they are rude crude socially unacceptable and the little girl's in pageants and the mom kind of pimps her out and she's saving all of her coupons and whatever yeah it's interesting tiara and toddlers it sounds yeah it is it's actually from that they took one of the little girls and they made a show from her that's pretty bad that i know that but uh, (laughs) yeah um, well, one thing we, you know, what we can, you know, with our disclaimer, Danielle has seen all of season two of Lost yes. Girl, right? So, uh, and, and we're continuing our approach, which is, you know, no spoilers. So it's just, you know, tonight we're going to talk about the season one finale, episode thirteen, Bloodlines, which. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, this is no, my part. No, right? we're, we're, we still got news. Yeah, to do, same. But, like, uh, you, know. you looked at me like it was my turn to talk. Here we go. This is this is terrible. Man, we're just off. I think it's Danielle's fault. That's always my fault. Always the woman's <laughs> fault. Now you lost the other listeners. <laughs> there was one hanging on, and then she, now she is. She's she's not only turned off iTunes, but she's taken the baseball bat to her computer. So, <laughs> well, anyway, all right. Let's do some news. And uh, Wayne, I hate to reopen old wounds. Oh, here we go. Just get it over with. If you're wondering how Terra Nova might have resolved had Fox not canceled it, if you buy the complete DVD set. You're going to be given a special code to enter on the Terra Nova website, okay, as if that's not adding insult to injury. And then you can submit your own ending. Okay, they're going to provide you with, uh, you know, uh, graphics, uh, motion comics, online editing software, and, uh, you know, it'll be hours of fun and just remind you of, uh, and and for Wayne, you're not big on commitment, but all the hours you committed to that show and then. Yeah, well, Terra Nova was you know, a minor commitment. That was just like a weekend fling, you know, and stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, that, that's that's crass, man. That is absolute crass commercial. It's like, it's not even, here's the ending that we filmed or something like that. It's like, okay, give us more money for the show that you like that we canceled on you. And then go to our website so you can, you know, so we get money for you going to the website and do, uh, you know I, I, here's my ending i'll take a picture of my middle <laughs> finger here you go fox there's the ending <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay. 
You have to write your own choose your own adventure book. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we, yeah. we pay them to do the work. Yeah, it making me do the work too. Like that's 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 weak, man. All right. Now another one in in this falls in the category of uh, I've never heard of this, but it sounds cool. Uh, Terry Brooks' best-selling fantasy universe of Shannara is headed to television. Well, okay, I guess that's good since I never heard of it, but uh, set hundreds of years after the destruction of the civilization, it follows the Shannara family who are empowered with ancient magic and whose adventures continuously reshape the future of the world. And uh, apparently the show's first season is going to be based on the second book. I'm sure there's logic in there somewhere. But, you know, I mean, look, a show like Lost Girl... um, yeah, I mean, I can certainly see the the tie in there. You sure, know, that might be. Uh, you can even bring your like twelve sided die with you to watch that show. I have a twenty <laughs> sided die over on that in that uh, right. cabinet over there. Yeah. All right. Did you make your own? I had like I made actually I made my own bag to hold my D and D die okay. and everything like that. So. No. No, no. <laughs> You're special. <laughs> That's what I learned in like home ec in like sixth grade. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make my a D and D bag for my dice. You know? <laughs> I think I got B on it. <laughs> and you've been giving dice in a hard time. All right, we'll get to that later. All right, Neil Gaiman, who wrote the uh, or who won the Hugo for the Doctor's Wife. Uh, oh Doctor yeah, who, yeah. The Doctor Who episode. Yeah, yeah, he's a big science fiction writer in his own right. Right now, he's uh, revealed that he's writing another episode that's supposed to appear in the second half of season seven, and uh, you know, but he does admit that it could get bumped to the beginning of series eight. But you know, that's cool. And the way that was that was an awesome episode. That that was just a really that's yeah. probably my favorite from that season. Okay. All right. Now, lastly, a group of high school students in California has completed a year-long project to build a working life-sized Viper simulator based <laughs> on the ship flown by Kara Thrace, who, Danielle, you would know who Kara Thrace is if you uh, uh, had ever watched Battlestar Galactica. But okay. I'm really getting flack for this. Yeah, you, <laughs> man. Yeah, we gave her flack off the air tonight. Uh, but anyway. Dave, Dave just wants his DVDs back. <laughs> no, I'm good. It's I got, pl- like, I got plenty to watch. You start to get nervous like when you loan someone your DVDs and after it's been a while, you're like, there's that, you know, you're like starting to think of that uncomfortable, you know, conversation. You're like, hey, have you, you watched it yet? And the person just says no. And you're like, oh, yeah. all right. Then all you have to do is send Wayne the DVD police after me. Yeah. <laughs> I got plenty to watch. But uh, I don't, I, I think we talked about Kickstarter as this, uh, it's a yep. means that, that filmmakers especially, but any creative person can raise funds on the internet. People pledge money. And there's a lot of uh, sci-fi short films. And apparently these kids raised money on Kickstarter. They raised, like I think I read, like $11,000. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, so pretty cool. And that's it for the news, unless you got anything. I do have All right. I'm actually uh, had some extra time on my hands today. Uh, <laughs> Staying home with my 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 daughter who was throwing up last night, which was fun. Well, <laughs> but at least you had hot water to clean it up. We did have hot water, though. It's funny though because like we the poor kid just threw up all over the place, all over herself. Go to give her a bath, and like the water wasn't hot; it was tepid. You know, I so, saw. Yeah, I go downstairs and the hot water here, the, the you know the flames go on and everything. But I don't, that's that's a whole long story. Anyway, I have to call up uh, call up the, the gas company and give them peace of my mind. But I can't afford to lose it, though. Um, you know, my mind is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, here's my news: is that Josh Friedman, who was an executive producer for Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles, one of the greatest uh, TV shows, and probably was one of was our number one, like the ones that got out of their prime, right? That we were still yes. actually ranking things yes. back then. Um, 
But he is going to develop a new show for NBC that is uncertain. It's, it's obviously not for this season, um, maybe for next season. And that will involve a world populated by androids. So, you know, maybe something kind of along the lines of <clears throat> Terminator. So that's, uh, that's good news there. You know, something to look forward to if it All pans right. out. Um, just always have to, you know, kind of bring in Doctor Who and talk about, not really talking about the last episode, but in, it, it, just insofar as, did you notice who was the writer of the last episode, Dinosaurs I, in Space? I didn't. It was Chris Chibnall. Does that uh, no. name ring a bell? No. It should, Dave, being a big Torchwood fan, as you are, <laughs> you should know that he was one like one of the main writers for seasons one and two of Torchwood. Um, and so that's why I noticed that name. He's also wrote a couple other uh, Doctor Who's, like the episode 42 and then the uh, Hungry Earth and Cold Blood episodes from season five. And then he's also the guy who wrote the uh, the Pond Life episodes that BBC America has. They're, they're really, really good, like you know, those little shorts leading up to season have, seven. Have we gotten you into Doctor Who yet? Not yet. Okay. I did watch one episode. What was okay. that one? Blink? Oh, Blink. Okay. Yeah, I'll never Blink. look at statues the same again. Okay. Thank yep. you for that. They're on the list. <laughs> they're on the list. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, uh, should we just tell them what the list is going to be later? or Well, I mean, we announced it last time, so we? we can remind. It's been, you know, like, it's been so long because the the tech guys have really been dragging their heels, getting... I put it up today. Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, but yeah, it was on that episode, right? So, you know, people, well, oh, by the time they hear this, though, they will have heard that. This is like weird. Uh, this, <laughs> this is like, it's almost like Terminator. It's like having a time, time machine. Yeah, right. it's like time travel. So. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk about it, like kind of innocuous everyday mundane things that are actually creepy. And as you know, as you know, as you can tell now, statues are is going to be up on that list for sure. Might be number one. Okay. And yeah, now you liked Blink, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. And and that's what's uh, I guess it's considered a, a Doctor Light episode because he's not in it a lot. Um, I guess he was off. I don't know what which episode he was filming while they made Blink. Yeah, he might have been. Uh, he he might have been filming uh, the fourth Harry Potter movie. He had, oh, he had a bit part in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, anyway, why don't we talk about Bloodlines and uh, this season finale of episode of season one, episode thirteen? Uh, why don't we talk about the title? I mean, ordinarily we we jump in with the opening scene, but you know, the, we, we we've said we've gone on record. You know, we really like most of the titles. Uh, you know, that the shows had, oh, Kappa, my Kappa. I think that was, you know, for a lot of bizarre reasons, one of our favorite episodes. Although we're such fanboys, Danielle, that, that it's like, we, it's like, oh, this was a great episode. And it's like, this was the best episode. And yeah, it's, it's we're not very um, objective, right. I guess, in our, you know, we, do, we, we just, everyone we like. But that's why we're doing the podcast. So, like, if you're, you know, going to a podcast to hear about a show, it's not like it's going to be people who are going to, like, yeah, we're not going to crap on the show for crying. Well, you out know loud. that's the interesting thing, though, with, with uh, uh, the Farscape podcast, the uh, Scaper Chronicles. I've been, you know, as you know, I listen to that pretty regularly. They're boy, they're hammering season two, and really? uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, I thought it was good. I guess I'll have to go back and watch it again, and, and uh, you know, see what I missed. Yeah, well, maybe it's crap like that that got canceled after season four. So you know, shame on them. Oh well. <laughs> Of course, they're doing it after fact. But anyway, so what about the title? What about the title, Bloodlines? Well, I mean, you're right in that most of the titles are like little clever little titles and everything. Um, right. Fatal O-Capital, Justice. Yeah, Fatal Justice and Fatal Attraction and stuff like that. Um, but this is one that actually really thematically like links in with the episode, you know. 
How so? <laughs> Danielle, this is where you come in. <laughs> oh, you want me to talk about Aoife, the crazy mom? Yeah, there you <laughs> <go>. absolutely. <laughs> Who is looks about the same age as her daughter. Yeah. You well, maybe slightly older, but certainly not old enough to be her mom. And, yeah. well, and, well, we've talked about, you know, the whole, you know, timeline thing with the Fae uh, is, is kind of... Warped. ...is kind of hard to deal with anyway because they live so long, right? Right? I mean, uh, uh, Dyson, you know, not to jump too far ahead, right? I guess he had seen the Norn, what do you say, mm-hmm. like several centuries before? Oh, yeah. or But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, certainly Aoife... Um, you know, I mean, certainly the, the big part of this episode is her relationship with her mom, and uh, yeah. well, and, and then also you know the trick and as the blood king and everything, and that last image we see of him in the show with like you know like you know slumped back in the chair with you know you know bleeding out from multiple you know places on him. So mm-hmm. right, um, right, and yeah, so it's revealed that he's a blood sage. I mean, before that we we knew he was the blood king, but we get a little more insight. Uh, you know, into what his past is all about. All right, opening scene. So we're back to the good stuff, right? Oh, yeah, that's the good yeah. stuff for this one. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, this kind of like, you know, strangers in the night kind of thing, you know, this like romantic thing, whereas most of the other sex scenes have been like, you know, you know, banging into yeah, walls. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> right. violent, throwing each other around and stuff like that. So, well, and this well, one's boring. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, you know, obviously with, with uh, Sarah Connor, you know, she, you know, a lot of that show's built around the dreams that she has, or rather nightmares that she has. So, so we see, you know, the opening scene, them going at it, and then uh, Bo morphs into her mom. And, uh, which, I mean, why does he wake up from that dream, man? That was, that's, a, he's got a pretty rocking dream going, and he like wakes up like it's a nightmare. Like, come on, man. Are you really that? cool that you can actually wake up from that because it's scary like well, give me a cool. break. doesn't she say you know i'm am i the coolest girlfriend or what because remember her reaction right, right. yeah right. she's let, lets it go yeah, yeah you had sex with my mom i'll give you a pass on that one. Oh, no big deal and she even you know we you know i don't i can't remember exactly you know but, but she was pretty graphic in in describing you know his dream and like you know it's like oh that's cool you know she's she's got her powers um so you'd think She'd be the one troubled, but no, it's it's you know the Dyson's pretty troubled, and uh, uh, now you 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 didn't listen to the last week's podcast. Oh, Wayne would say you didn't post it, but yeah, how what, could she listen to it? Wayne, Wayne's been pretty hard impossible. on Dyson the last couple of weeks. Why, Wayne? Because he's just gone all soft, man. It's it's the classic case of of like love. Yeah. And he well, has, but you got like, you know, like Dyson's like a dude, he's a bro. And then all of a sudden he starts getting all misty eyed about Bo. And now he's like, wants to talk about his feelings all the time. It's ridiculous. Wayne's favorite scene was when they were, uh, you know, lying in the bathtub going through uh, brochures for bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite scene. Oh, right. I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all right. So we have, you know, the, the first of a number of big reveals. That was a nice bathtub, though, when you really think about it. I mean, there's one good thing about that. It was a nice, deep bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that you're thinking about the bathroom fixtures when they're naked in a tub. Hey, there's certain things you you appreciate, man, and, and, and good deep bathtubs, man. Those those are those are classic. Yeah. 
although they're difficult to get in and out of. But True. That's another issue. All right, so anyway, so we get the big reveal that uh, Saskia is actually Aoife, who was actually Bo's mother. And uh, right. Well, we had the big reveal the week before, right? Yeah, well, those of us that noticed it at the very end. Well, this the, is a good chance. Like, Daniel, did you notice that? Because you watched the episode before, right? Yeah. When And she says, what's my name? Did you notice when he said Aoife? Well, I think she says, what's my name, bitch? Well, she says, what's my name, bitch, right? <laughs> hey, we're trying to run a clean show here. <laughs> but did you notice that he said Aoife? I'm trying to think of whether it was actually noticeable or whether I noticed it. I didn't pick I, up on I mean, it. Oh, okay. I heard it this when I, after right. you know, the podcast. So I, I imagine, I, I'm trying, I can't remember when I first watched it whether I, I noticed or not. I imagine I didn't because he like grunts. He's like, you know, like he had been saying anything there, you know. <laughs> All right, so anyway, so we get to, uh, you know, obviously this episode's very Aoife-centric. First scene we see where she's got her, uh, a couple of her minions, not not her uh, boy toys, but, uh, you know, her street thugs, and they're out there. thralls. uh, Right, and they're, uh, you know, working over the one poor light fay guy, and, you know, know, what's that all about? Yeah, well, we don't know at the time, and we find out later that he's he's actually one of the elders, which— you know, maybe it's just me, but he's a very unimpressive looking elder. Okay. You know, he's like kind of like a little dude with his little, you know, hipster hat. hat. Yeah, little <laughs> He's hat. meek. Yeah. Right? I mean, does he look like, he didn't look like an elder. He didn't look like a person of importance or anything. You know? Not anybody I'd be afraid would kick my ass. And I'm small. <laughs> right. See, that's what I'm saying. So a very unimpressive elder. But, but she does give us, I mean, she gives us an inkling. I mean, we don't know to, you know, the extent it's going to go. But when, you know, one down boys, let's go start ourselves a war. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And, oh, it's pretty clear, yeah, what her intention right. is. Right. And, and, you know, we, we've heard all along that there's been this really, really uneasy peace between the light and the dark. And, you know, at this point, we don't know what her, uh, what her ultimate the, plan is. The, but she wants to bring both sides down. As I said, right? it's, it's Europe 1914. And she is the... The, 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 you know, the Sarajevan, you know, the Serbian uh, assassin who's going to try and light the powder keg that's going to blow this mother up, you know? So, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, like, I, I also like the line when uh, the guy calls her crazy and she's like, the polite term is mentally unstable, you know? <laughs> but she also then has a the follow up, don't be sexist just because a girl has a little ambition doesn't mean she's off her rocker. And that's, True, right? Yeah, you know, I mean that's like that's why I brought Danielle here. You know, the state of women, right, and everything that uh, you know, just because, like, well, seriously, like for like for a woman to be in charge, like sometimes she's she's got to be not it doesn't have to be, but a lot of times they have to be a bitch, right? Or they're considered a bitch if if they come up to you and tell you, hey, you know, I need you, Wayne, you need to go and do this thing, and I'm like, oh, that that, that bitch, you know, oh, she's making me work. Uh, if she were a dude, she wouldn't be making me do this. You know, and if a guy does the same thing, it's like, oh, okay, man, you he's know, a man. Right. But exactly. don't you know bitch means babe in total control of herself? I did not wow. know that. Wow. Ah, see? Taking the, we taking re- the term back. Taking it to a new level. <laughs> we, 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 we'll have to write that down. I like that. Um, and, so but, so anyway, it's like just the double standard that we've seen throughout the episode that, you know, like uh, like Aoife, like Bo, as women, you know, trying to make it in, in this world of dudes, um, or, which is just you know, uh, a microcosm of, of any woman trying to make it in the world, it's it's more difficult for them uh, being females. And that's, I guess, why Aoife has such a, such a difficult time dealing with Bo and, and not dealing with her, but seeing what she's become, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, our view of Bo is, you know, she's pretty strong. She's pretty resourceful. She's pretty oh, yeah. independent. Uh, but I guess Aoife 
you know, still sees her as weak. Right, because she doesn't control right. other people. Right, yeah. right. You know, like, darling, you live in this place and, <laughs> and you know, you're a succubus. All right, well, we learn a lot of Aoife's past, right? That uh, what has gotten her to this point, you know, it's like we were talking about, uh, you know, a few episodes ago, like with Darth Vader. I mean, you know, part of the, I, I think the interest is what led Anakin Skywalker to become Darth Vader, right? And, and uh, you know, we learn a little bit about, you know, how Saskia, I'm still calling her that, how Aoife. <laughs> I know, this is, like even yeah. going, like just taking notes, I'm like, do I call her Saskia? Yeah. Do I call her Aoife? You know, yeah. just well, like, I guess you know. at this point, Aoife. You know, well, yeah, been, once, right, right. once we're like, like you know, 10 minutes in the show, they've referred to her as Aoife a, a number of times and haven't referred to her as Saskia. Okay. At all. Well, we learn that she led a rebellion. Okay, so that we learn. You know, now I don't know if it's clear what the who who she was rebelling against. I mean, she killed a dark fae, right? Right. Well, there was you know, Trick had achieved peace. He was right. a, a king, and they they achieved some kind of peace, and and Aoife didn't agree with the peace, okay. and so she. So we assume she was light at that point. Yeah, I think she is still light. I think okay. when she was, I mean, because you're you're the same, you don't get to switch sides, right? Well, he turned her into the Dark Fae. He right, he turned her right. into them. So that's who imprisoned her. So would she have been a Dark Fae and he was light and he right, turned her into right. Dark? Because, you know, I mean, all the, you know, like early in, in a lot of the early episodes, Wayne and I have been talking about the rules that they lay out. And that seems to yeah. be the case, right? That that whichever, you know, this they, they're the ones that mete out the punishment on their own. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I it, You know, it's not clear. It, it's but it's that's, definitely not clear. I mean, she does... I don't know if she ever says it herself. I think Bo might say something like, oh, so you're dark fae, and she just kind of nods or something like that. So, But, of course, she could have been lying. So, it's you know, it's obviously she was light fae at one point, I guess, because, because right, because she was, like, on Trick's side, right? Or right, whatever. and she, so she comes to him for protection, right? which, and, you know, I guess puts him in a difficult position, right? You hear you commit a crime, and now you're coming to to the uh, the Blood King for protection, and uh, instead of protecting her, you know, and, and again, like we've had, like you said, two of the last three episodes uh, before this one, Trick has to clear the bar because somebody's coming in, you know, uh, Dyson wants sanctuary, and what was the other one? I... Um, oh, the uh, the Fade Day when the, oh, right. the Banshee went off. Right. So you can just imagine that, you know, like, you know, Aoife shows up and Trick is just like, all right, everyone's out of the castle now. Right. You know, you jokers get out of there. You know, the dude's cooking. Just drop it. Stop cooking the mutton and, and beat it. Right. So, uh, all right. Now, one of my favorites. I mean, yeah, get, let's, I'll just say it. It was an awesome episode. This was, I mean, this was, pro yeah. I, I think, in my meek opinion, pro I think the best episode of, of the season. Yeah. And, you know, and true. Without doubt. Yeah, and as far as season finales in any genre, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it, it certainly left so many questions unanswered, which... It should right. do. Right. Yeah, but not like really, like not with, with the, the cheap ploy of the, the cliffhanger, which, you know, I love Supernatural, but they, you know, they love ending, um, you know, on their, their seasons with like some kind of cliffhanger where if you were actually, if I weren't watching on Netflix, I'd be annoyed because I'd have to wait a whole year before the next episode. But as, you know, as Netflix is like, oh, no big deal. Just season six, episode one, bam. And Which, not, yes, I am almost on season six. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and not to digress to, but I mean, it's just amazing how our viewing habits have changed. I mean, like with Lost, when, when you know, I watched Lost, I mean, I, I watched it live all six seasons and man, that was painful. 
you know, having right. Well, because I remember you you were saying like with the writers, I came in like what, yeah. you know, what the what the hell, Dave? Like Lost is only like what there was like 13, 16 episodes that that one season, yeah. and and you're like, yeah, there's a writer's strike. That was awful. It was like almost two years before we saw another episode. I'm like, oh well, there was like five minutes, you know, yeah. or well, it was five <laughs> seconds. As long as it's time to to me to find the the remote and just go click. All right, there's a yeah, but yeah, it's 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 really uh, the, uh, being a streaming video has has changed. A yeah. lot of stuff, yeah, big time. DVDs, and I got three boxfuls of uh, VHS tapes in my basement. With, yeah, like, I, I got, <laughs> I, got a I just looked at it. I'm like, God, I feel so, bad. you know, like I, I collected, I, you know, I, I acquired all these VHS tapes over years, yeah. and you know, but just I haven't touched them. Like they're not even looked at them. You know, like they just, they, I think I go in the basement, and I see see them on the shelf, and they. They, they look at me like I feel like they're mad, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, I have mine in the center of the floor. But yeah. anyway, all right. So the scene of her, right? Bo comes back to her place, and here's Betty Crocker in the kitchen. Oh. Mm-hmm. What an awesome scene. Oh, yeah. So you have this it's mildly creepy, especially with that smile she has plastered on her face when she's talking to her. But you have this, like, juxtaposition of Mother Do-Right with evil succubus. Like, Really? Do you think that an evil succubus can truly be a good mother? I don't know. Especially if she disappeared for so long and now she chooses to show up? Why now? Yeah. And really, she ate the cookie? Got, Seriously? Right. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what about this woman have you learned that would encourage you to eat that cookie? Well, that I know. You know, but crazy. The, and, and when we start talking about Bo more, I mean, that, that's one of the fundamental problems. I mean, it's like any child, you, you want to believe your parents good. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, a, a, you know, a, as a really young child, you know, your dad can do, you know, beat all the other dads and your mom and, and, and you know. So, I mean, still at this point, I guess she hasn't seen enough, but we've all, we've talked all along about how, you know, one of her flaws is that she is a little impulsive yeah. at times. So, but I know, mean, she, I know, you know she just I, recently, <laughs> like, you know, basically forced her boyfriend to have sex with her purposefully so that she, her daughter would catch her doing this, which I think Kenzie points out to her later. Yeah, right? and oh, and, so. and you still the voice of reason, Kenzie, eat yes. the cookie. You really like it's just crazy. it's like going up to the man in the white van and being like, "Yes, sir, I will eat your lollipop." <laughs> yeah. Oh, candy, sweet. Yeah. Oh, it's in the back of the you van. Guys work, right. You guys worked that in early. <laughs> yeah. All right. So because now, uh, we, now I have to include in the list. All right. So anyway, so she kidnaps Bo. Right. Obviously, the uh, cookie's drugged, and and we see her. Opulent lifestyle, uh, which is, I guess, how every um, succubus should live. And uh, certainly that's what she wants for her daughter. Um, and uh, she, you know, she's I didn't got, think it was such a great lifestyle, personally. But well, I know, Danielle, you, you right, don't want this, men with ripped abs serving you cocktails. Well, this, this is a good, this is, this is actually, this is why I'm glad we got Danielle here because I know, I don't know, but I like my wife. Would for some reason would always say, oh, ugh. like she gets creeped out by that. I don't know if it were reversed, if it were a bunch of hot chicks going around with no shirts on, I'd be totally into it. So, my question to Danielle is, <laughs> you know, would you is that something like you when you saw that, were you like, oh, sweet, you know, or no, they're all mindless? I mean, sure, they're yeah, nice see, to look that's at, what but I they're say. all like you mindless. Know? You can okay. even have a conversation with them, it's like, oh, fix me my cocktail. There's not enough salt in this one, please. Okay, and when you were just a couple minutes ago talking about you know that that smile that Aoife has, you know, that kind of, and then I'm thinking, like, 
I, I like that smile. But she is kind of attractive. Yeah. Okay, you know, I, I admit she I, is I, pretty, I, pretty I hot. But I can't, yeah. But yeah. In a creepy sort of yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So. Hey, creepy can be very attractive in the right setting. Like right. for a girl. Like guys. And I'm then think, she gives you a cookie. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and takes I, you to I would land. fall for it, right? <laughs> because she's hot. But Bo, you know, shouldn't fall for that. You know, she has no excuse. Unless it was yeah. Lauren giving her the cookie. Right. All right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway. Figuratively she, or metaphorically. <laughs> you know. She, you know, she embellishes, you know, more on her past and, you know, about how she was confined and tortured for centuries. And do you believe her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, when she, she's not faking it when she tells right. that. You can tell, look at her, there's no question. Right. You know. And she thinks it's appropriate to drug and kidnap her daughter, who would have gone with her willingly, right. to talk to her. Right, but see, that's what she doesn't roll that way, you know. Like she's just she's so used to exactly having to dominate other people that uh, like she can't she like even talking to people and like getting them to agree on their own will that doesn't even that's not on her radar, you know. Like, well, it's like Walter Bishop. It's like parts of her brain, you know. <laughs> Right. have been removed, you know, whether, you know, again, literally or, you know, figuratively. And, and uh, you know, she just doesn't operate, you know, and, and it's understandable. I mean, we understand how she got to this point when we uh, hear what she has gone through. Well, at this point, Bo asks her about her father. And, you know, for all her, you know, evil smiles and all of that, again, another reaction that's it's the only thing she won't be, quote unquote, honest about. Yeah. She divulges all other information, but she hides the father factor. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, I don't not say weird, but, and especially since Bo said, is that, you no, know, is the guy who was kept her in prison, is, is he my father? Right. And that, you know, yeah. And I, so I it wasn't like, who my father, who's my father? It's, was he my father? And she's just like. Right. Implying that what, I, that, you know. That I would say ra- implying he that he was. Her, right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But while she was being confined. Sure. Because I guess it's not even clear. Um, I mean, we don't really know, was Bo already born at this point? Yeah. Or, or did she give birth oh, in yeah. confinement? I guess we don't really know yet. We don't. Yeah, I mean, because you know, the whole aging of, of the faith, there was everything off. I mean, we know that Luann Heidegger was the, um, the, you know, the, the, the woman who delivered Bo. Right. But, I mean... That could have been freaking 300 years ago. You know, like it's just we have no idea. Right. The people who are youngish, whatever, have, you know, like the, 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 the Kavanaugh boys who, you know, were looked like they're in their mid to early 20s. And but their dispute happened 80 years ago, you know, right. so which it just is, throws which everything is, off. You know, kind of like working on timelines, which obviously with the continuum. You know, oh, uh, I knew you were going to sneak that. Well, well <laughs> Liberate, a continuum podcast available on iTunes <laughs> with Mike and Dave. <laughs> Mike uh, and Dave, right? Um, and sometimes Wayne. Um, you know, but putting the timelines together, like you know, early on we established that Bo's about twenty-eight because she talks about leaving home when she graduated from high school, and she's been gone for ten years, and and you know, so hey, you know, it's me. What? <laughs> what? Did, you know? What did? You know? Again, I mean, is this like? Uh, you know the vampire thing where they don't age, and, oh, yeah. and uh, um, you know the uh, the. Do you watch True Blood? Any of you guys? No. no. 
I mean, that's one of the big things in True Blood. I mean, I watched the first couple seasons, and it just—I mean, it was—it was really good the first couple seasons. But you know, the whole thing about the vampires that they—they they really don't age, and then you know they've got to move around because there's no way to explain it to your, you know, to your neighbors. Just like who's that? What's that? That movie? There's a couple movies that it's, it's like that. that Interview with a vampire, right? Pretty popular. Oh, yeah. No, I'm making I'm making fun of of man card removal uh, boy uh, over here and his Twilight. love of Twilight. Twihard. <laughs> you know, actually, I did have a Kristen Stewart news item, but I uh, left it out because I was afraid you would uh, get on me about it. Well, but, I already uh, did, so you might as well get, you know, yeah, well, maybe we'll save it for the end. Save it for was she making time. a different face than she usually makes? Uh, no, she was actually telling that, uh, that the fans are going to like the festival. Well, you brought it up. Uh, saying that the fans are really going to like the alternate ending. So that apparently this last movie, the ending is not... Huh. You know, the same as the book, but the fans are going to love it. Yeah, so. I was saying alternate ending, like, like the book. They had, there's an ending that already written. Everyone knows about. You know, like, <laughs> we're going to mess with them. We're going we're to call it Twilight, and then we're going to do something completely different. Ah, up yours. Thanks for your ten bucks. Yeah, I believe <laughs> twelve year old teeny Maybe bopper. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, so then we see the the you know the the really again a, a huge uh, plot twist where she sends her suicide bomber into the meeting oh, yeah. of the elders. Yeah, that one I did not see. I yeah, guess I, I, I forgot that about that. You know, like I've already seen the episode, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" I forgot about yeah, yeah, like the suicide. <laughs> Even when they like, like knocked on the door, he walked in. I was still like, "Who's that dude?" I remember that dude. And then you know, after it happened, but still, I mean, that's. That's a big plot twist when you've even seen the episode before and you forgot about that. Right. I mean, so, you know, we see, again, we don't know how many people are, are dead, but, you know, we see, you know, Lauren with the, you know, the I guess handling the triage and, and it looks like they're pretty much all going into the same uh, same side, which is, uh, you know, near death. And, and it looks like in particular that the ash is in pretty bad shape. Yeah. You know, really bad shape. And he's on a gurney, and that's that's never good. Last dude that was on a gurney died. You know, was the the uh, the Al, 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 Oh, I keep wanting to say albatross because you got that in my head last time. The, the the dude, the the anti-sex dude, the anti-succubus guy. Yeah, I know who you mean. Right. And the uh, the 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 people eater also was rolled in on a gurney. Oh, and she died. Oh, good point. I didn't. You know, the, the only per, the only one who's come out of there. Every fae that goes in there dies. I mean, Kenzie has come out alive. You know, and uh, she's the one who's human, right? Exactly. A gurney is rather innocuous. But yeah, I, I'm writing um, it down. Yeah. Right. Well, the interesting thing though they are is creepy though, man. She, they are. you know, Aoife lets you know she again she she unfolds a little bit more of her plan, which is to just blow the whole thing up, and then I think she says rule over the ashes or you know whatever's left is what she wants to rule over. Right. Which also leads me to think that Aoife obviously has never seen a Scooby-Doo or B, a James Bond film. You know, like, <laughs> Do tell. Because <laughs> she like spills the whole plan. Like, here's my evil plan laid out in detail. So in case you should ever get free, you can thwart me, you know? Like, or, or let me give you reason to thwart me, you know? Like, I could just say, ah, you know, it's a big mistake. Let me go and everything. But no, she's got, feels the need to unburden the whole plan to Bo, which, at which point Bo's definitely not going to leave without stopping her, you know? It's yeah. like, which then her and her meddlesome friends. Well, which leads into the uh, you know the one on one with Efa, and uh, you know Danielle. I don't know about you, but uh, Wayne and I kind of like it when the the two girls fight. So. <laughs> Can't say that. And, I... and we've gone on record with that. 
can't say that I'm of that of that party. Okay, but uh, you know, I mean, again, it, it's it. I mean, it's a pretty important scene because you know, look, I mean, for twelve episodes, Bo is just you know, I don't want to say obsessed, but she's certainly uh, you know. Well, she's obsessed with finding out who her mother is, right? Finding out, yeah. you know, where she's from. And now that she's found her, um, and now she's ready to kill her. And, you know, it's all happened rather quickly, right? I mean. It's all it's very Luke Skywalker-ish. Um, I think. Oh, now you, just, you jump around so much these notes. Yeah. that. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, <laughs> you know, she, she says, you know, like um, – you know, like she wants to save her, and it's like the line that either she says or or that uh, Aoife says is is like almost um, the same as as what Luke says in in uh, Return of the Jedi, which is like you know I know there's good in him. Um, I think she's yeah, I think she yeah. says it. She says I know there's good in you. And I'm like, hey, that's that's actually a George Lucas line. Like George <laughs> Lucas is not known for being a good scriptwriter, but uh, apparently that was a pretty good line that uh, that they left here. So it's, you know, it's the same thing. We're like trying to save the uh, the evil parent. All right, so we know there's good in her. At least Bo sees that there's good, or Bo hopes that there's good in her. But it's kind of hard for us to to see any good. But you know, we feel kind of bad. She's sitting there, you know, hanging. By a thread, Bo's got her wrist, and you know what are we thinking at that point? Well, we're not thinking anything. Well, I mean, do we want her? To, do we want her to let go? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because uh, well, we don't want Bo to let go because that's like contrary to her character, right? I mean, and even, we like the dynamic that Aoife provides. Yeah, absolutely, and we like the uh outfits and the look that Aoife provides well, as well you do <laughs> <laughs> well but i mean look i mean there we spent a whole season of her you know looking for her mom she finds her it's you know she's not what she hoped for certainly not what she expected um does she have good in her you know i mean if she has good in her then we don't want her to let go and you know yeah, well, especially after, you know, whatever Trick does that, uh, you know, Aoife then has that kind of moment of clarity. And then, you know, at that point, it it it, it seems that there is, you know, quote unquote, good in her. We should probably think of, that's getting to be cliche already. We should say something else. All right. Well, anyway, I mean, the, the, the problem gets solved for us, right? Yeah. Because... Yeah, but she fought. She well, she lets go, or I don't even how she well, do that. Well, Efa lets go. I don't know that. Well, Bo doesn't really let go, does she? No, it's like she. It's uh, like because well, she's still trying to hold on, and then Efa just like when she pulls the one hand up and grabs Bo's arm and then lets go. I feel like she's kind of faking her out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was unclear really, like exactly the mechanics of what happened there. You're right. Like the one hand goes up, and all of a sudden she's falling. I'm like, wait, wait, like, did she? You know, did she electrocute her? <laughs> Well, and then you know we get the you know the, the 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 lifeless body on the floor with the pool of blood or whatever it is, uh, you know, silver. Oh no, wait, that's fringe. Um, you know, and, 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 and strawberry jam. Right, and then you know the guy carries you know is carrying her body away. Right, but you know, is she dead? Yeah, and that that's the thing. You know, like you you want to leave that possibility that she's still alive you know and because she's a very compelling character so let's make it you know ambiguous ambiguous enough yeah that's the word i was looking for (laughs) 
That doesn't tell me I want to say ambiguous. I say abstract. That's not what I want to say at all. <laughs> a lot of abstract things are ambiguous. I understand. <laughs> right. I figured, you know, it's just one of those things. People fill in their own meaning there. But yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, you, so you leave it ambiguous and, and then, uh, you know, maybe down the line you can uh, bring her back and you come up with, you know, oh, I had amnesia or something, you know. Like well, we're doing soap operas all the Well, time. right. And, and, you know, again, also taking. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything (laughs) (laughs) since I'm not a card carrier right now. But, uh, you know, even that is sort of taken out of our hands because we have the, you know, the the touching scene at the end where, you know, right before she lets go, tell Trick I'm sorry, you know, forgive me. And we assume the forgive me is, Bo, you forgive me, not not Trick. And then plunges to her, finger quotes, death, (laughs) you know, because we don't know. But uh, I mean, I I would... And, and this is not, you know, for everyone out there, I know that you know that I've seen, you know, season two, but this is not a spoiler, but I'm guaranteeing that she doesn't, you know, come back in season two, but I guarantee she'll be back. Maybe season three. Okay. You know, uh, yes, that's a spoiler, but, you know, <laughs> that way you don't have to go through season two, you know, looking for Aoife, you know, I'll let you down easy. Or Dave can edit that all out. <laughs> He's got the glint in his eye, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. By the time you're done, Wayne, I'm, this, this stuff is getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Wayne, uh, you know, you're the one with all the mythology and, you know, what do you got for us? Yeah, this is actually something that I, I actually remember this from uh, back in, in college. I was like an Irish lit minor. So uh, the name Aoife, I was like, I know that is something I couldn't remember because it's been a while. But so I, I went and looked it up. And there's actually two kind of mythological connections here. The, the, the first is uh, Aoife was not the wife of Cahulin, but she was a, like a, an opposing warrior in the Celtic tradition that had women warriors and women leaders and, and, uh, and all that. Um, so sh- she was uh, fighting Cahulin. Cahulin was like the great Irish uh, mythological hero. Uh, he was, he's like, I guess, uh, uh, Paul Bunyan uh, times 80. You know, he was just awesome. He was unbeatable in battle. He would, uh, he was just—he was a little guy, but when he'd get into his battle rage and his kneecaps and feet would turn backwards, his hair would stand on end. Um, apparently, he would go erect as well from the story. So. <laughs> <laughs> you would add that. <laughs> Which that that alone would probably scare off like half the opposing army, right? But uh, so anyway, Cahulin defeats uh, Aoife in battle, and then he takes her as uh, as his war booty war booty yeah that's a good word booty. <laughs> <laughs> Double and, uh, and then so then then he uh she goes back i guess she was from uh, britain rather than ireland and and she goes over there and bears a son that cahoolan doesn't know is is in existence and apparently cahoolan told her if you know if you give me a son when you send him to me, he can't tell me his name. He's got, to, like, I guess, he's got to prove himself in his own right. He can't go around and say, "Hey, I'm Cahoolan's kid." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so, yeah. I'm he who cannot be named. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, almost. So uh, the kid whose name was Conla goes back and uh, and challenges, uh, foolishly challenges his father. Decides, you know, he, you know, usually you work up to the, uh, the to the the prize fight, right? And uh, and he goes straight for the the champ, and uh, and Cahoolan kills him. And as the kid is dying, he says, I'm your son. And, and Cahoolan goes into a rage. And so the, the king of the, the Red Hand, which is the, the, the Ulster tribe, uh, has to, 
then gets the the, the sorcerers to convince Cahulian that the uh, the waves are are opposing armies of horses. So Cahulian has to go and fight the waves in order to uh, to uh, get rid of his madness that uh, came upon him when he he killed his son. So you're asking Wayne, what the heck does all this have to do with Eva? <laughs> Wayne, well, what the heck does all this have to do with Eva? <laughs> well. You know, it's just this kind of thematic thing of you know the uh, the parent and the child thing as well, which also brings the other connection, uh, mythological connection, is the children of Lear, L I R, not L E A R, and uh, Lear marries Aoife, and Aoife is kind of like the prototypical uh, uh, evil stepmother, um, and she's annoyed that Lear loves his children so much. So I think did she go? She goes to kill him, or she kill him, or something. But and then the kids get turned into swans, and. Uh, and so they, the, so the children of Lear then live for centuries and centuries and centuries, and it's tragic because they see all these bad things happening in Ireland and everything during the time. And there's a bunch of different endings to it, which like sometimes they're at the end they're turned into back into people and they're like super old, so they die right away and and everything like that. But again, same thing, like kind of like in both stories, we see this kind of like um, parent, uh, you know, hurting the child or you know, parent uh, going after the child type theme so i think that uh you know the two good you know connections there i think with the uh, the name ifa oh, so you paid attention in mythology class yeah i did well this is actually you know like i said i took i was an irish lit like okay. minor so like didn't even know uh, that was possible yeah see my problem in myth- classical mythology there was this hot girl that yeah so yeah that, that i'd end up marrying her so <laughs> well that's worth it that's thing. true True story. You can always go back and read the mythology. Yeah, I could. If you if you miss out on the hot girl, then that's that's. I didn't miss out. I know. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All right. Anyway, you made the right choice. You don't pay attention to mythology. Go after the girl. Yeah, that's all right. Well, let's let's get let's get to a trick. So, uh, Danielle, should Bo be mad at Dyson for withholding what he knows? I mean, no, I don't think that she. I mean, because he's trying to. It's he's caught between two two people here, the tension for him. And, you know, he has known Trick longer and he's trying to, it's Trick's story to tell. It's not, it's not Dyson's story to tell. So, and I think Bo recognizes that, but it's just a lot that she has to deal with. And so I don't think she should okay. be. Plus Dyson's hot. Why would you be mad at okay. him? Okay. Well, let me, let, me, let me put it this way. Just playing a little devil's advocate here, Danielle. Okay. And I'm not saying anything about your husband or anything, but let's say, all right, your husband is, is messing around with another chick and like his best friend knows. Are you pissed at his best friend when you find out that he didn't tell you? But I guess that's a different kind of lie. Right? Oh, yeah. is it though? Is it though? <laughs> You're not... No, I mean, if it were my best friend, I'd be really ticked off. Okay, so it's your best friend. If it's my best friend, yeah, I'd be. Okay, I'd actually, be... no, that doesn't work. His yeah, best see, friend. It do- yeah, see, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so you're not it's mad a different at his context. Best no, I wouldn't be mad Even at his best friend because it's like that man code. Okay. You know? All right, fair enough. I, uh... I, was, just throwing out, I was just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Okay. I'm not enough. suggesting anything. Eva's you know, advocate. Uh, you're, <laughs> Eva, right. Okay. Well, I mean, you were going on the you know, at the Gertrude Stein rule that a lie is a lie is a lie, or you know, I was just. Like, I, I don't you know. were just causing. You were just causing trouble. All right. So. Well, anyway, I just have no <laughs> answer for <laughs> that. Just stammering. All right. So it gets it gets down to we find out that you know it was it was uh, a lot more complicated than than just you know. You know this little lie, and that, you know that that uh, you know there was uh, he, he tried to force a peace between the light and the dark, and that you know and gets and caught in the middle, and, and certainly Efa starting this little rebellion doesn't make his job any easier. So you know, really, he's caught in the middle. Sure, but you know, as you know, 
Alexander Pope. Uh, I had it in my head. I forget. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. You know, nice well played, Wade. little heroic couplet. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like whenever you whenever you obscure the truth or hide the truth, George Bush, then you uh, always you know nothing good good is going to come of that. So this right. This is sec- second political statement. <laughs> I know he's just making his um, <laughs> making his digs wherever he can. That's all right. right. Now, You're now, either with me, listener, or. You're well, against him. Not against me, because, <laughs> but you know, hopefully you'll still listen, even if you know you're against me. <laughs> All right now, now you, you know, Danielle, you mentioned you know again just in, in passing early on about uh, trick writing in his own blood. So we kind of find out uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, that's got to be a difficult thing to deal with to have to have that much power and for it to. It could. I mean, what what did you say? Didn't you say something? Isn't it like with great power comes great responsibility? Didn't you yeah, say that? Well, I, you probably did. And you probably got it from uh, Spider Man. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Peter Peter Parker's uncle said that. <laughs> well, he well he sees it as a curse, right? I yeah, mean, and, and, it kind of is. You know, and uh, um, you know he he wants Bo as far away uh, from Efa as possible. He doesn't trust Efa, and. Uh, you know, and but he, at the same time, he feels guilty because he feels like he should have done something. When you know, now that we kind of hear all the facts, there was really nothing he could do. Um, so you know, the, then you know, the, the Bo shoots back at him. You know, when he tells her she needs to get as far away. You know, you know, you think you get to decide what I do next. And again, you know, it's the impulsiveness. But then on the other hand, you can you know, she's twenty eight years old, and yeah, you know, and she's still trying to find herself right i mean this is classic search for self yeah. yeah and you know he judges himself pretty harshly uh dyson uh you know puts his arm around him uh metaphorically and you know tries to console him you know you did what you had to do and and you know he is you know pretty uh you know pretty hard on himself but the interesting thing though was then you know when, when we see the ash come in and uh or, or we see his meeting with the ash who's not real pleased with Trick. Yeah, well, I mean, the Ash is, you know, he's he's like this political leader, right? I mean, he's got mm-hmm. more to consider, much as, you know, Trick obviously did when he, you know, sent Aoife over to the dark, right? That uh, it's not just, see, Trick has the... Um, you know, the prerogative here of being able to make his decisions in isolation and not necessarily so much worrying about the the bigger picture. It doesn't seem like so he can you know he he does what is against his natural inclination, like helping out Bo. Um, whereas the Ash you know is in charge of all the light phase. So you know his worry is not with this one individual, but with the whole. And I think you know Trick is kind of seems to indicate to us that when you make decisions like that, when you are willing to sacrifice the individual for the good of the whole, it's a slippery slope, mm-hmm. it seems like. And that seems like that's kind of like what he's dealing with here with, uh, you know, he seems to have like really a deep regret for, for, for Aoife, for what happened to Aoife, you know. Well, you know, uh, he and, and Ash points that out, you know, that, that you know, you're, you made these decisions basically for yourself and, and not with the, with the light fae. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, and then here comes Kenzie, you know, Oh, you can, you know, you can write in your blood and, and what you write will come to pass. Dude, you got to write. And, you know, he tries to explain to her that, uh, you know. There's a great price. Every time he's done this, something's gone wrong. And, and, and you know, it, 
makes me think of the monkey's paw and, and the whole, you know, you can't tamper with fate. And that seems to be something that Trick has figured out over the years, which is, I guess, why he's put his, uh, you know, blood writing pen away. Um, yeah. Well, as anyone who's ever watched television knows, the universe <laughs> is balanced, right? And, it, and, and in the it hierarchy, must, uh, the balances always must be maintained. So whenever, you know, if you take from here, you got to go back there. You know, it's like it's, it's uh, like in Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah you know? exactly. Well, well, yeah, yeah, Macbeth is another. You try to go out of your station in life, and then that, there's something that happens. The order is all askew. There's always always consequences. This happens in Supernatural all the time, too. Of course it does. I, well, well, you <laughs> know, you get that reference in. <laughs> well, the, 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 the other thing with, with well, the Ash, I mean, clearly he's, he's displeased with Trick, but, you know, it, it gets me to thinking that, you know, we talked about this throughout the whole, you know, podcast about who's in charge, you know, is, it, you know, I mean, he's the Blood King, uh, but clearly the Ash, you know, wields more power, but, you know, so it's, I don't know if it's like the, the Prime Minister of England and the, and the Queen, but, uh, I mean, you know, is it that the that they queen. that they have more political power, but he actually physically has more power yeah. than they have? Yeah, good analogy. And and uh, you know, I guess I'm starting to think, you know, does does Ash see this as an opportunity to get rid of Trick? And uh, no, um, can't. <laughs> no, well, I love you, him. Well, <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, you know, the the, the hubris from the Ash about you know that that you know the light Faye can handle. Oh. One succubus. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, you can't handle fatal this flaw. Well, right. Yeah. And and right. <laughs> Going back in in the uh, annals of uh, literature, uh, hubris is generally not a good thing. Yeah. It's always going to end up very badly for the huber <laughs> Huber-y. The huber All right. Now speaking of <laughs> speaking of power, um, you know, again, and I think you know when we were you know off off air. Uh, talking about Lauren and that, uh, you know, we've got the, the, you know, the scene when, when, you know, the, the, the bomb has gone off, the bodies are being brought in. She's, you know, she's in charge running triage, you know, but, and and what I hear is it it seemed to be almost implied that uh, she's in charge of whether or not they're going to retaliate against the dark Fae, which, you know, I don't know. That's a lot of power. That is a lot of power. And now maybe I miss, you know, misread, you know, something into that. Especially for a human. Yeah. But I mean, who would be, you know, in, in charge at this point? Is there a, is there a deputy Ash? <laughs> well, but yeah, you know, everyone of any importance was in that room, right? That was That's, like the council of elders there. Right. So you think True. it's, uh, you know, it's, this is a hit on, on the whole hierarchy of, right. of is, the light fae. Is there a line of succession? You know, we don't, you know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but, you know, and it goes back to, you know, when, and I think we disagree on this slightly, you know, the, the couple episodes ago when uh, um, Lauren, at least as I saw it, was the one that ordered the Bo and Kenzie's house to be destroyed because of, and I forget what the baddies were now. I forgot last time. Too. Oh, that that was the, oh, that was the big spider. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it I can find that for you. Well, it seemed to me that was her call. <laughs> well, that's okay, but I mean, it seemed to me that was her call. So I, I don't know. I don't think I don't know if it was that was her call. I think she just she ratted Bo out when she said, "Oh, they had the the big spider Faye there," and then that immediately was like, like they had like the predetermined response to that, which is to uh, you know burn whatever wherever she is. So 
Then it's another one of those things where it's like sacrificing the individual for the greater good. And that's one of the things I feel like Lauren has to contend with as well because of her particular position. Plus, I mean, she isn't really the head of anything. She's got these other people who could do damage to her if they so chose. So Right. I guess she's just head of the, you know, the medical department, yeah. right? You know, she's like the head doctor and maybe the only doctor, but yeah, you're right. A degen was the uh, the big spider. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. That was quick. Yeah. I'm impressed. That was Wikipedia, man. <laughs> <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. That's a go-to. <laughs> All right. So back to uh, Wayne's favorite topic of discussion, and that is Dyson, uh, who who goes to Kenzie, you know, so that uh, she'll intercede on his behalf. You know, it's like, dude, right. why should I? Yeah. Well, I, I just like the whole the whole setup here. It's like, you know, he gets Hale to call her to show <laughs> up, and then he's like, he should. You know, it's like middle school, man. Like, you really know, like, I, like uh, from the pilot with the you know Kenzie passing the note. You know, like, right, what are you like an alien and a witch? Was there something? <laughs> yeah. Like that? Check yesterday. Yeah, check, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, will you go with me? Yes. No. You know, and everything. Yeah, Not that I, I ever did I that. I think high school kids do this. Yeah, right. Yeah, like uh, true. So yeah, it's just it's just funny how uh, they set that up and everything. And yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I know I, I give uh, Dyson a hard time, but uh, I'm you know it's just the uh, the whole you know you know a dude kind of losing his coolness uh, just because of of a girl. You know, like, well, see, maybe he didn't go to high school. He would have learned all this stuff in high school. Yeah, you exactly. Know, right. I mean, Bo went because she was raised by humans, but you know. So, well, anyway, so, you know, Kenzie, you know, it's like she, she's going down the street and it's the whole Three Stooges <laughs> thing. You know, it's like, well, why should I? Because I love her. You know, and she like, whips her head right, around. Right. Slowly I turn and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to comment on that okay. one. <laughs> well, but, you know, I mean, it, it's, I don't want to say we've known this all along because I'm not sure we have known this all along. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, he's fond of her, he likes her and all that. But Can't read him. Yeah, but this yeah. was really the first time and, you know, I mean. He admitted I, I, it. I believed him. Yeah. So. And you think as as old as he is, though, you know, like it's that's like a big deal for him to say that, you know, because uh, he's been around the, you know, he's multiple centuries old. And so we assume he's had probably a fair few number of, uh, of few. relationships in that time. And so he seems, but, you know, he always seems so like world weary, you know, like Dyson uh, always, and like, you know, hats off to Chris Holden Reed because he really does a great job of, of portraying Dyson as, so, yeah, like overburdened, you know, someone who is really been kind of put through the ringer of life uh, more than a couple times and who just now is just kind of just seems like he just wants to you know coast. just wants to coast and like i i always say i have my drama free zone <laughs> which is like extends out five yards from my my core of my body and uh save so, the drama for your llama <laughs> exactly so uh, and, and so you know i think dyson is even greater than that you know he just wants to like not and then, and then, Bo, bam, comes into his life, and and now she shatters it all. Yeah, there's all all kinds of drama. He hasn't, you know, he's uncertain how to handle it, so he just, you know, and, and it's about to get worse. Yeah, much worse. All right, so um, well, but but if if you want to remove drama from your life, 
then he went about the best way. It just <laughs> my every all my love for her. Take it, good. Whew. Okay, no more drama Don't here. Worry all right, about that now. man, I can go back to watching Monday Night Football and drinking beer. Sweet. I can. I have to just mention this because I realized it, and it's totally tangential. But do you realize that Dyson is the name of a vacuum cleaner, and they suck? And he is dating a succubus. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of odd. It could be. Look at that. I never thought about that. You're right. <laughs> See, this is why having the woman here. <laughs> Bring in the vacuum cleaner references. That maybe the the furniture polish too. Oh, God, I just say that. You just lost. You're one dangling on by a thread. You just, just you, know, you just snipped her like, off like the face. <laughs> it's like I'm just trying. Like I'm reaching for my my brain to say don't. And now I'm sorry. Don't. I just bought an Auric vacuum cleaner. I should have bought a Dyson. All right. Well, you'll know next time. Uh, I have an I LG actually. So. so the Kirby guys came to my house and tried to get me to buy theirs. Did you know they still do the that? They're still door to door. Are you serious? Door to door vacuum cleaner salesman. Can you I would have been it? fascinated. I would have let the guy go through. I said, oh, "Come did. on in, please. Stay. I'll get you." They stayed stuff for off. three hours. In fact, oh my god! So, yeah. At your house, they stayed for three hours. Yes, I made them leave. Wow! I wielded a knife and made them leave. What, so, did your husband answer the door? Or did no, you? I did. I got sucked into it. Oh, see, that surprises me. See, if you're me, I always get sucked into that kind of stuff. Like someone comes up, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, like, oh yeah, all right, well, tell me about your uh, your my personal savior. Give me, give like, me your pamphlet, please. Yeah. Well, the one time I did, like the lady was like, it was, I was in college, and like they, it was like you know eight I in the morning and <laughs> i come down you know it was like a you know a sunday morning saturday morning something like that whatever it'd been a long night before and and they're like yeah blah, blah, blah. and i'm like ah, just here i'll just take your pamphlets you know just to get rid of it and they're like well you know people usually give us a contribution i'm like seriously <laughs> like you wake me up i was just being nice to take your pamphlets and now you want me to give you get out of here <laughs> well, you're nicer than I am. I don't even talk to him. But uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Now, just um, like hides behind the right, door. So, like... so, so despite the <laughs> no, we just don't even answer it. Um, and as you know, with my phone, if, if your name doesn't come up on caller ID, right. I don't answer. Yeah, but he anyway, them. <laughs> um, so despite the fact that you know Bo and Dyson are having problems, they're still both you know the whole thing. He he doesn't want her to go into battle against uh, Aoife alone. So you know he. Heals her and and gives her you know <laughs> uh, gives her right gives her more strength and uh, you know but then goes to see the Norn okay and uh, uh, tree hugger tree hugger um, so <laughs> Wayne Wayne more. you got something on the Norn I or? do have some uh, stuff on the Norn and uh, and a little inside joke as well because uh, <laughs> so you're bringing it to the outside I'm, I'm bringing it out yeah I'm, I'm bringing the joke out out to for all to see. Um, so the Norn is, is when we first see her, she's sitting down reading a magazine, right? Right. And the title of it is Ames here. Aim, I, it's, it's a, it's an Irish word. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's A-I-M-S-I-R. And that's the Irish word for time. So it's like time magazine. Get it? Uh, see, isn't that funny? I get it. But I'm bummed. See, you know, obviously I didn't get that's that's like I got the joke after like I researched it, and even then I didn't really get it. It was just like a couple of days later. I'm like, oh, Time Magazine, like just dawned on me, you know, like <laughs> like See, at I first I thought, oh, like, isn't like a, oh oh that's like a, a a thematic reference to time and she's fade, and then like a couple of days later, I'm like, oh no, it's just a joke, like Time Magazine. Oh, I get yeah, it, now. like time traveling through time. Yeah. And the, yeah okay. Anyway, <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, new Doctor Who last night is awesome. All right, anyway, so the Norns are in uh, Scandinavian mythology. They were basically the fates uh, in Greek mythology. Um, 
and they would um, they also care for the great tree uh, Yggdrasil. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I can say whatever. A big tree. It's like you're trying to speak like, Avatar. <laughs> yeah, it's the great uh, the great uh, big holy tree for the Norse gods, or the the Norse gods would assemble there, and it was an ash tree to boot. Or, you know, is, was, I guess, you know. It, you know, all the parallels. It, yeah, exactly. Um, but so the, the Norns would show up at the person's birth and basically decide um, their future. And there were good Norns and, and bad Norns. And, uh, what do you think the, this one is? The, well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, a, a, on the surface would appear to be a pretty bad one. Right? Well, I mean, like bad as an evil. I mean, she's obviously good at what she does. Right? Well, she, she exacts <laughs> a high price for her, you know. Yeah, she's sneaky too. So that, I guess if you if you're a good Norn, you probably don't pull tricks on. Well, people. but again, like I mean, this, and this yeah. is not his first, you know, dealing with right this Norn in particular. Well, he didn't have the cojones to pull the trigger the first time, though. right? Well, and you know, maybe she wasn't uh, worth you know pulling the trigger that first time. But you know, so you know, he's there to purchase a favor. You know, now did I cut you off? Do you have more to say about the Norn? Um, nope. Okay. I don't think so. No. <laughs> All right. So, you know, um, and, and, you know, I the, looked at my notes. the <laughs> last time, I guess the deal, she wanted his wolf, right? And, right. And I guess it's not clear exactly what that means in the big, but. I, I guess I, I took it that he'll be just like a regular human now. You know, like he wouldn't oh. be fed anymore. Like, yeah, so that's okay. how I took it too. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty significant. So. Yeah. And he I mean, was like, the, well, in that point in time, wasn't he like. At, at war or something, so that's why he wouldn't be willing to give it up because it's okay. like he's in his pack and stuff. I would think, that- right? But we also got the idea that I mean, again, maybe I read this in that it, there was a woman involved, or maybe yeah. not, I, you know. But uh, regardless, you know, she wants a fairly high price here, and then he makes the deal, and sh- he will never feel passion for Bo again. And uh, still don't get that. Right. I still don't understand how somebody, I mean, that whole idea of free will and, you know, who you can't choose whom you love and that sort of thing. And yet she can take all feeling away. Well, that, that kind of power, it just boggles my mind. It, she is a fate, though, you know, like that. The, the, so that the idea of free will then is, is kind of, kind like, of yeah. null and void. Right. Exactly. But yeah, good point. Hey, how can you take away like, like something you know, like, so abstract? I mean, that how could you, I don't know. It's weird. Like yeah. I can't. Well, because understand. she's fate. She can. She can. Man. You know. She can do whatever she wants. Basically. Yeah. Crazy tree hugger. Well, it's, it's funny. It's, it's uh, you know uh, just bringing this up in fate. Like in in supernatural, fate is like a this like officious bureaucratic girl. <laughs> it's like <laughs> with a checkboard checklist. She goes around. She like scratches people off after she you know people that were supposed. That's to That's why die you don't really like that. organized people. Yeah, exactly. She is. She's another creepy organized person, to, <laughs> which is a uh, we'll, we'll talk about okay, later. Well, now yeah. speaking of supernatural, there'll be some supernatural news uh, tomorrow on um, Continuum Podcast. Fatalist. Okay. Oh, another I mean, plug. Uh, <laughs> liberate, liberate. You get too many podcasts. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you know, you. This, all right. But it's anyway. like when my mom used to yell at us when we were kids. You know, she'd like run through all our names before she got the name she was trying to get at. You know, like, my mother-in-law is like that. She'd even get the dog's name in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> the moms are funny when you get them flustered. You know. <laughs> but uh, all right. So anyway. Um, so, you know, we haven't talked about Bo. I mean, we have, obviously, tangentially. He thinks Dyson played her, and, and, you know, so the whole issue of trust has been big in this episode. And, uh, you know, she 
you know, despite everything she wants to hear, Aoife's side of the story, you know, despite what Trick and Dyson. So, you know, Trick and Dyson, two people she's come to trust implicitly. They're telling her this, but it's her mom. So. Right. And, and you know, Bo is not blessed with great judgment. You know? Yeah, no. She, uh, she's, she's, and that's like kind of her, you know, Achilles heel. Well, you know what? I mean, I would love at some point, and uh, again, uh, writers, if you're listening, uh, you, to see the two people that raised her. You yeah. Know, because it's it, it's almost as if she's been sheltered, you know, so that she was raised, you know, up to the age of 18 as this sheltered teenage girl who really hasn't had to deal with these things. And, you know, I think that would be, that would make for a great episode. But, I agree. Um, Good backstory. Yeah. So, uh all right. So anyway, she, uh, you know, she, uh, look, I, I know Aoife's bad, but, you know, look, she's my mom and all that. And I'm, so she goes to Lauren for information because, you know, on the one hand, we've said she's impulsive and, you know, but she's at least uh, uh, cognizant enough to know that she needs to be able to defend herself. Lauren tells her about the amulet that, uh, you know, and then we hear a mention of her mother's name, Mary. So which is, I think, the first time we've we've heard, you know, an actual detail. But. You know, I think it becomes she doesn't know how to forgive Dyson, and that's part of the problem, right? She's been wounded, and she doesn't know how to forgive. Yeah, well, which is what I mean. Someone who is self reliant, who then obviously it it takes a lot for her to let these people into her life and into her trust, and then when people betray her, she maybe overreacts a little bit. We saw it with Lauren, uh, and and then and now with Dyson and Trick. That, and, but it's it's natural, you know, and and I think um, you know Anna Silk does a, a really good job of kind of playing that line between the the super tough heroine who is uh, self reliant and you can't get to her, then on the other hand, uh, being a lot of times very vulnerable as well, and uh, and so when she allows people into her trust and then they they you know they screw her over, she. You know, she reacts, you know, dramatically to that because she's not used to letting people in, period. Okay. But she hasn't given up because she says that, you know, well, after the smoke clears, we'll see where we stand. So, sure. Which is then, you know, obviously ironic because where we stand is he doesn't love you and has no capability of loving you at all now. But she doesn't know that. Thanks, Norn. But she doesn't know that, right? Right. Now, Daniel. dramatic irony, dude. uh, uh, Kenzie and Bo go to the, uh, the Fay warehouse. Oh my gosh, it's and one they, of my favorite parts. They find the amulet, you know, and, um, and then uh, the scene where she tests out the amulet, right? And she Great. has to, like, because Kenzie's wearing it, and then she goes to, because what did she tell her? She's like, oh, you know, I could kiss you, and Kenzie's like, oh, like, hold on, back up a minute here. Like, hold on, like, I love you, but my love doesn't go that far, thanks so much. And then she handcuffs her to the... To the shelf? Is that what she she handcuffs her to yeah, a shelf yep, or something? That yep. just and Kenzie's reaction. I just love Kenzie. Oh my gosh, I have a total <laughs> girl crush on her. I'm going to be honest about it. I adore her. She's just she offers the comic relief you really need because Bo is so tense all of the time, and I think she Kenzie provides the comic relief for us as the audience, and then she's also she she humanizes Bo. She makes her not so amped all the time she's just always so tense and i like Bo better when she's around kenzie and that's just one of those instances where she makes her laugh because like Bo then like sucks it out in that like black 
smoke poison, whatever it is that's coming right. out of Kenzie's mouth. Right. It's creepy. Yeah. It says, you just got sucked, you busted. <laughs> yeah, it's Wayne's favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she says that, you know, she felt Dyson helping her, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and then we get to the end and, you know, she mentions that whole thing about that, uh, you know, we all deserve a fresh start and, you know, in the, the dramatic irony uh, you know, is just, you know, running right through the audience because it's, there is going to be no fresh start. I mean, at least. Nope. Nope. You know, thanks to the Norn. Um, well, there will be a fresh start. It's just not the one she was what? anticipating. <laughs> you know, things are going to be a lot different uh, uh, for her, but, you know, in, in kind of a bad way, probably. Right. And then, you know, one, one of the things, you know, we mentioned before, and then when we run you know, in a second, the questions going into season two, uh, you know, but uh, she's still somewhat blinded by Aoife's presence. Uh, she thinks that Aoife sacrificed herself. And uh, if she's out there, Bo says, we don't have to be afraid of her, which seems to be like, you know, that quintessential line. It's like, which means, well, we better be damned afraid of her because she is going to be out there and mm-hmm. she's not dead. So watch your back. Yeah. Um so, anything else uh, before we just run into the questions? Well, I was just thinking of when Danielle before. I know you're just like whenever you say anything else, you're just like just let it go, Wayne. Just <laughs> no, but he's then, not going to let it go. Danielle, I know it's not going to happen. Danielle <laughs> mentioned before about Trick, uh, you know, like having this immense power and everything, and you know, it's a pretty good check on that power, though. When in order to use your power, you have to like drain yourself of your blood. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like so. You know, it's not Kenzie thinks is just like. No big deal, right? Oh, you know, you just can... Right on your blood, whatever. Yeah, just, yeah, come it's on. It's like a blood pact. Yeah, kick some blood out and do it. But it's, you know, this is like a really, really... not Because also the consequences we talked about before, but also the fact that, you know, it's, uh, you know, looks like... I mean, he's in bad shape. You're right, that know. visual he's, there. Oh, yeah. So. He's not a big guy, so, I mean... Yeah. It's got to be pretty... I like him. Nothing's allowed to happen to him. Oh, oh Abbott, he's nothing. absolutely one of my favorite characters. Yeah. yeah. Nope. He started, no it was shaky at first, you know, because he seemed like kind of a jerk. Yeah, a that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> that's an appropriate word. <laughs> yeah. It's like doing like a little. I guess they like had a Terminator like scene appear before me, you know, like all the word choices and like choose and you know, before I could get down to the bottom where the appropriate words were, Danielle got it. So <laughs> take care of business. So. <laughs> all right. So so going into season two, we've got uh, you know the whole thing about who Bo's father is, which which yeah. gets raised in this episode, and Aoife. You know, shoots it down. Shoots it's it like down. the one thing she won't talk about. Right. We've got, uh, you know, what's going to happen to Bo and Dyson's relationship. Oh, I mean, what if it's Dyson? Ugh. What Ew. if Dyson? Oh, wait. He, but he might not even know it. I mean, he's old enough to mm. be. Yeah. I just thought, just when you said that. Like, now we're in Oedipus territory. Yeah. I know. Oh, oh, we're talking about the face I, mean, I don't and think everything. they'll do that because that's, that's really gross. But, you know, mm. if, if this were like a David Lynch show, <laughs> he would totally pull that one out. Ew. Or John Waters. John Waters would go there too. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and you right. would go there, Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> obviously I would as well. <laughs> All right. So is Aoife dead? We've we've talked about that enough. Uh, you know, will the Ash survive? I mean, you know, it's like the whole the council of, of yeah. elders and you know who's gonna survive, but you know, most yeah. importantly, will the Ash survive? Gurney is not 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 good. The gurney is not good. Everyone on the gurney dies. Okay, so uh, <laughs> did Aoife start a war? You know, I mean, certainly we don't, oh, yeah. you know, we, we don't know right. that going in. Uh, and then, uh, you know, how has Trick been affected by his blood writing, both, I guess, physically, emotionally, 
Um, and then certainly, I guess, in, in terms of, you know, again, we, we, we've talked about the, you know, the, the price he pays for doing it, but, you know, we wonder if it has any, you know, anything about his, um, you know, his standing in the Faye community, you know, is that a good thing that he uses? Is it seen oh, yeah. as a bad thing? Politically, how yeah. does that affect so. him? But we got a lot of questions going into season two and, you know, I'm looking forward to the, uh, season two premiere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much out there. And so again, they've, they've, by not really answering a lot of questions about Bo's past, there's still, you know, a pretty rich trove of material there that they can, they can go to. Yeah. Cause that. they've, they've provided a backstory for a lot of the other characters, but except for Bo. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Dyson we too. We really don't know yeah. much about, there's just vague references to Dyson's past as well. So there's a, you know, that's something else that, uh, or even, I mean, I'll actually, any, any pick a character and, and, you know, we, we know very little about what went on in their lives before Bo came to town. And why they do the kind of things they do now. Right. right. And that's exciting because, you know, where we had a 13 episode season one, we know we've got a 22 episode mm-hmm. season two, which obviously gives you a lot more room to explore some of those things. Sure. And, you know, we'll see. All right. Wayne, what do you want to talk about tonight as our uh, little bonus material section? For the bonus material section, I can't remember if we had mentioned this before or not, but, uh, you know, <laughs> being, a, being now a, a, a really super huge, big fan of, of Supernatural, um, as a, especially the first two seasons, they, they did a lot of the kind of, I guess you'd call it not the, like ghost of the week type uh, things and oh, actually, there's there was one I just saw, Dave. You, you'll like this one that like uh, mannequins were like yeah. killing people off, right? Yeah, mannequins. I, I, I meant to add that to the list. That had a whole new it. spin on that uh, 80s movie, Mannequin, that right? I really loved. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> the Kim Control movie. I, yeah. I, I love that. Movie. I that saw it like awesome twice. Movie. Well, you know, movie. and and this was at the point where you know, Wayne had been, you know berating me for I don't know how long about never having seen Doctor Who so you know I go to the library I get series one and get pop the first disc in and what's series one of the Doctor Who reboot uh it's mannequins come to life yeah Um, well and and so guess the name of the ghost based on what you just said oh I don't know it was a girl I'm sorry it was a girl it was a female and her name would be oh gosh, uh, Rose. Rose, that's right. Oh, <laughs> yep. All right. So here it is, uh, you know, uh, mannequins uh, killing people, and the the ghost is named Rose. Isn't that cool? I was like, hey, this is you know, still possibly my favorite companion. Clearly, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But not to digress. About this. Yeah, we, yeah, we can talk about that on another. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, well, that, there'll be enough digressing. Be, in a moment. All right. So what are we? So doing? anyway, so as watching uh, Supernatural, as I I totally brought in that digression as I usually do. Um, are Surprise, things right? that are innocuous at first. In other words, like just seem like normal everyday things, but in actuality are really creepy. Okay. That's the list. Okay. Well, so. the first thing that I would, you know, for me would be a hockey mask, which, Hey, I mean, a hockey mask just protects the goalie. <laughs> Right. right. Well, the, the old ones, right? The old not, ones, right? Not, not the well. Of yeah. course, even the you know the ones now. I mean, they're all painted up, but uh, yeah, and and you know they cover the entire head practically. But. Yeah, but just that like that the plain white plastic one from like back when they first started making. And, and it, actually, if you like see like the very first 
when because goalies didn't used to wear masks at all until right, like right. probably like the sixties, I yeah. think. And uh, and the first ones that they came out, they're really creepy because it's just like a piece of metal with like little slots, and it it looks really even creepier than, of course, now you know the uh, Jason, you know, uh, from the Friday Thirteenth has you know made the hockey mask an official, um, you know, creepy thing. But yeah, okay. So that's the first one that came to my mind. All right, Danielle, you got one. Shadows. Shadows creep me out. I made you put that on your list over there. Yes, and yep, not the Peter okay. Pan kind of shadow. Like you chase it and your friends and hoo hoo, hooray. No. Because shadows, I mean, think about it, like they grow in the dark. And then as you're if when you're a little kid and you're sleeping in your bed and like the car headlights when people are driving up in your street and they're making shadows in your wall, you're like, Oh my gosh, what is that? Or there's a doll sitting on your or, you know, there's a clown in your closet uh. and that's <laughs> a shadow. That's just a double whammy right there. Shadows. Yeah, shadows are... Well, seem I, harmless. In the but, daytime, they seem harmless. But then when you get to, like, you know, that dusk, that's just... Crazy. And there's one of the early X-Files seasons that dealt with that. Tony Shalhoub from... Wings. Wh- no, Monk. Well, w- w- Monk, right. <laughs> right. But, uh, right more, more, more popularly from Monk, but yes. it was on a, a great show back right. in the... Was that yeah. the, the 80s? 80s, Wings? yeah. That 80s. was a funny show. Mm-hmm. You remember the 80s, right, Danielle? I was born in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bo and I are around the same age. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, definitely shadows. Right. Well, and then there's also the uh, the, the Doctor Who, the uh, Science in the Library right. episodes where the shadows are actually killing people. Right. So you got to avoid the shadows. Right. And, See. Yeah. You got to count true. count the shadows. Right. Too, oh. Like, right. And then, yeah, because when the the person is infected, and they're, then they're killed, but then the, the the creatures take over the body, kind of, and you can tell because they they have like an extra shadow. So it, yeah, it's just really creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. That's Stephen Moffat wrote those. So see, it belongs on the list. Shadows. <laughs> okay. Shadows definitely. There you have it. What about you, Wayne? Okay, I'm going to start off. This is kind of like a trifecta here of <laughs> of three things that are creepy: old people, old pictures, and old buildings, especially old hotels. Uh, now, now is that from you know back to maybe The Shining? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, The Shining, and then there was also the you know just old old places are are just yeah you know, well because they they have ghosts right I mean that's like even as a kid I see you know, that place is old there's definitely going to be a ghost in there people died in here right yep for sure you know I mean the older places more likely someone died there more likely it's going to be haunted so isn't there like yeah. the haunting in Connecticut it's that one with that boy and they had like the morgue in their basement pretty much that guy like the doctor and he would take off the eyelids of the people and he put the people in the walls is this and that real sort of thing. yeah and then. And there were pictures and they had this medium who had lived in the house and the medium like there was this picture and it was um i can't remember what it was that was coming out of his mouth but it was pretty much like it was like ectoplasm or whatever oh. that was coming out of his mouth so like old photos yeah that movie brings that one home you're gonna watch it now and they get yeah. the haunting in connecticut yeah well that actually I, like that. I remember when the movie came out i thought hey that looks like a, a good movie to see it but yeah like i never saw it so it's a pretty good one. i have to check it out is it on netflix <laughs> I think that is where we watched it. Ooh, cool. All right. I'll check it out. <laughs> All right. Now, you mentioned clowns, and you, you, you know, again, we were talking before, you know, my thing about clowns, and particularly the clown that my wife had <laughs> in our closet at our old house. And, uh, you know, I think she did it on purpose, would leave the, you know, the, the closet door open so that, uh, you know, she's fast asleep. I'm lying there in bed, and, you know, the clown's staring menacingly at me. Yeah. Um, and of course, closet and clown. Right. It's like yeah, double. Yeah, yeah, double. Closets are spooky, and then you got the clown in there. You so. know, like that's, yeah, that is, that is a very creepy And setup. a fear of clowns is chlorophobia. Yep. Oh. Now you know. 
It exists. Yeah. It's a How word. How do you know that? <laughs> I, do you I, suffer from it? Is that why? Like, I totally suffer from it. I watched <laughs> it when I was little. That was that oh. and Child's Play were like the first two scary movies I ever watched. Horrible, horrible yeah. thing. Like then you make a kid hate clowns and dolls. How, How, and, and it was like. I mean, I remember seeing scary. it. I mean, I'm a little old. I think it was like in, I was like in high school. I wish but it was like elementary it was, school. It was, it was totally on at a time when, you know, before I went to bed. Like, yes, even uh-huh. in high school, my mommy made me go to bed early. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like thinking like, how on earth is this on yeah. during prime time? Put, this, put this on in the afternoon. It starts off with the Tim Curry as the clown, you know, the Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show was the clown. When you know, he comes like, up out of the drain, that's the worst. Yeah, part out of the me. drain, that's, right? He's oh, like, man. he's like beckoning, like he's from like out of the drain. It's like, oh. I guess you can God. add garbage disposals to that list because yeah. uh, last house on the left, and the guy like puts the guy, the other guy's hand oh, into well, the we garbage had that, disposal. We had that in Lost Girl a yeah. couple episodes back yeah, when Vex, Vex made oh, yeah. the guy put See? his garbage disposals. Uh, add them to the list because they're really yeah, creepy. Now, okay. Which. In our old house for for a while, I don't know if it was like the newness of the house or whatever, but but uh, Mary was big on signs, so we had a sign next to our garbage disposal switch that you know garbage disposal danger. <laughs> <laughs> it will chew your fingers up. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what the note said. Uh, uh, yeah, because always you know because there's always like that little piece. Of, there's a little some little chunk of something that just won't get washed down. So you're just always like trying to push it down without putting your hand too far into yeah. the like. Do I stick a knife in? I feel like that's going to make it worse. How do salad, I do this? Salad tongs, but uh, all right. <laughs> so what else you got? All right, let's see. Like we got 12. a lot of this stuff. Uh, like you number twelve, and your explanation for it made me laugh. Okay, okay. All right, this is good. All right, Latin is is, is creepy. <laughs> I mean, like any any horror movie, like there's there's always speaking Latin. Like the ghosts speak Latin, and then the priests come in. Like you know, in in the uh, the 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 Exorcist. You know, the, the priest comes in and he speaks Latin and, and everything like that. And it's old. See, this just again, it's just generally creepy old stuff. Like right. it's, it's old, like Latin's an old language. So it's, it, it's dead creepy. language, in fact. Yeah. Isn't that what right. they call it? Dead. dead language. Right. So it's like a ghost. Like whenever you speak Latin, it's like, it's like creepy. you're being, yeah, you're being uh, like possessed or something. And then what, uh, was it Warehouse 13 when they, you know, they, right. they, they screwed speaking, us up and they used Italian rather yeah, right, than Latin. Italian. But it still sounded it was creepy. Still it, it's creepy. still close enough. You know, yes. Like, just a little more modern version. But yeah, yeah, that's creepy. What else do you have on your list? Okay. Um, Since his list is far more exp- yeah, extensive than ours. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he actually has it written down. I don't know how many of those I agree with. I well, to- all right. We've mentioned this before. All right. Neat people. Right. Yeah, this one. I'm, I'm offended by this one. <laughs> Well, Danielle, there are times now, when you can be... Now, didn't we specify that this was neat guys and not actually neat women? Yeah, okay, it was more right. neat guys you had to be worried right. about than yeah, neat women. Because it makes fair sense for more women, I guess. You were going to be stereotypical here, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm putting it down. I'm okay with it. But typically, you have more women who are neat and orderly. And then the guys who are really neat, my dad is. And, well, maybe you should keep that on your list, yeah, actually. Because yeah. my dad, he carries wet naps in his pocket, <laughs> in his shirt pocket. I rinsed out those bottles before I put them up there, and they're all neatly, you know, they're, <laughs> neatly they're, they're, ordered. They're neatly ordered. Actually, I'm glad you in, did because it probably would smell pretty awful. In the order that we clean uh, out the bottles. In the order that we <laughs> drank them, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's mostly uh, from the uh, the dude in the pilot episode. Grim was really when I first thought of it oh, because, good point. you know, the cops uh, come to this guy's house and he's got like his you know plain front 
pants that are like up to his navel, belted and everything. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he's got like a you know a sweater vest on, I think, and he's got all these little figurines up around the house. Oh, so you gotta watch out for a dude who has figurines like that, unless they're like Star Wars or I don't know, like right. man type things. Which ones? Yeah. Baseball, that's fine. But like, if a guy's got little tchotchkes that look like you know owls or something, you gotta be worried. Yeah, or and if, they're if well like, polished. If like, you, dusty, like if okay. you like collect like figurines out of like uh, boxes of tea bags too, good, that'd good be really point. weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> but uh, uh, but hey, but yeah, hey, those like, figurines paid for that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the. So I mean, uh, if a a guy, this is just an insight into the male mentality, Danielle. You know, like, but you're married, so you 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 have firsthand of you know witness of this, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, like a guy, especially if a guy does not have a woman in the house, he's got no reason really to for things to be, be neat. neat. You know, Unless he can, he's trying to date women, he doesn't want to freak them out that his place is so disgusting that they don't even want to step foot in it. Right, but would you be more creeped out by a guy who lived on his own that had kind of a pretty slightly messy place? Or a guy whose place was like just Im- impeccably clean. You gotta have somewhere in the middle there, yeah. Either yeah, okay. either extreme is kind of creepy. But but anyway, so you know the cops show up at this guy's place, right? And they're looking for a missing girl. So we're looking probably for a pedophile anyway in the first place. And they walk into this guy's house, and he's got the the jeans and and the shirt, and he he walks really weird, and he's got the little <laughs> figurines about. And the, the one cop looks at it and says, "Oh, you know this this isn't the guy, you know, and everything." When he said, "If neat. he were." Half a cop, he would say, "This is exactly the this guy. This is a totally our guy. You know, this is like this guy is pedophile written all over. Well, I think you know? was, wasn't he baking also? Yeah, he's or? baking to boot. Yeah, right. like you know, guys wouldn't do that. They 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 probably order out the KFC or mm-hmm. or have like a, a microwave meal going or something like that. Yeah. All right. So so anyway, so all right, so neat dudes, not neat, neat people. All right. Thank you neat, for specifying. All right. We need neat women because otherwise the world would be a mess. Yes. They're, they're the only ones. See? Who, that (laughs) all right next one did we say trees yet no No. yeah trees are creepy (laughs) you know like the just the way they just sit there the really tall yeah like thin ones yeah and yeah the willy when they're willowy they're creepier yeah sort of like you know sort of like that tree on the cover of uh speak starring so, yeah, oh, you're Kristen Stewart. Uh, let me see. Oh, <laughs> all right. The girl who has Dave has the magazines uh, covers of her line on the floor of the recording room here. So I guess that would be Kristen Stewart then. Huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm actually kind of impressed that she has a different facial expression in some of them. Typically, she's okay. a one face yeah. kind of just, gal. I think just one of them, really. Okay, that yeah. was the obligatory Kristen Stewart reference. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think we did get it in during the news segment. But uh, all right, what else you got? All right, so trees are creepy. Uh, I have to add to that vines. Vines are really creepy. Have you seen the ruins where the things like talk and they like eat cell phones? And oh my gosh, that's really creepy. And my parents right now, because they can never have any kind of foliage that's not overtaking the entire house, <laughs> they're they're their vines are coming from the little garden and up onto the porch. And it looks like they're about to like grab the house and just like suck it all into like a yeah. hole in the ground. So yeah. creepy. Well, yeah, because vines. They are like the closest thing, like in the plant world, to like sentient beings, right? Yeah. It's like they have a mind of their Poison own. Poison right? ivy. What? Do you, uh, like, hello? like a vine looks at something's like, oh, well, how do I get around that? You know, like, <laughs> like it figures it out. It figures out how to get around stuff and everything. Yeah, they're yeah, just they're creepy. creepy. And my mom's like, oh, I think it looks nice. I'm like, mom, it's creepy. It's gonna like snake over and grab my ankles, and yeah. you're not gonna see me. Mom, ever again. your house looks post-apocalyptic. All right. True. <laughs> 
and then you have like big gnomes sitting in your <laughs> they're kind of actually creepy yeah gnomes can be pretty creepy too but you know like did you like the there was like the group in france that was like kidnapping gnomes and then they put like like garden gnomes what? yeah they were like they're liberating them actually they're they're like the they're some kind of liberating <laughs> like gnomeo and garden gnomes. so they yeah they'd uh they'd take pictures of them and post them there it was funny Probably the people whose gnomes got stolen obviously didn't think it was so funny, but I thought it was. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, a lot of stuff on here yet. Uh, okay. Well, uh, Danielle actually came up with this one, but uh, white Econoline vans. Okay. Are, are creepy. So I'll let her talk about that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, because it's actually when I was little, there was this girl in my neighborhood who had told all of us that she had been kidnapped by this guy in a white <laughs> van. So all of us were like really vigilant after that. And we were really creeped out. And like anytime we saw a white van, we're like, oh, and then my neighbor was like three doors down. He had a white van. Like, oh my gosh, it was Mr. John. It was Mr. John. He totally kidnapped her in the study with the uh, candlestick. And we <laughs> then we found out she was actually lying about. It. So here oh. we are. We all developed this fear of white vans and that somebody's going to open up the back one and pull you in. And here she had made it all up just for attention. Yeah. And so now I'm you freaked out it. by white vans. I won't park next to one in a parking lot because I think <laughs> if I'm getting into my car, somebody's going to open that back door and just pull me right in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Vivid well, imagination here. Yeah. Well, and don't ever watch uh, the, the Vanishing the movie then if, if you get creeped out by things like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, that's about the um, is uh, actually not the Kiefer Sutherland one, but the the original uh, Belgian movie is the single most disturbing. <laughs> of course, he knows he didn't. Movie. Obviously, didn't watch the one okay. that was like. It. I, I did go see the Kiefer Sutherland one because the ending of the original movie is so completely disturbing that it really has haunted me pretty much ever since. <laughs> And I knew that the Kiefer Sutherland one would have a happy ending. So what they did is they, it's almost the same movie, but the end, they turned it around. So the hero, like, you know, saves, saves the day. day, Right. And, and I think I needed that. I needed to see the happy, but it still has that, the the original movie. So that's anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So if you really want to get creeped out, go watch the uh, original, uh, I believe it's a Belgian or it's in French, I think, or whatever. See all those foreign Scary movies are actually scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Americans really they always try to wrap it up in a nice little neat package. Right. For you. Well, well, and it's, everything in America, it's got to be slasher. This, you uh, know, yeah. um, and that's just gross. It's not scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, part of what we're used to in America is that you know, if you if you work hard and try, that you'll be rewarded. If the hero gives it his go, his best, that he's going to save the day. He's going to win out yeah. in the end. But in a lot of European movies, you'll see in The Vanishing, despite the hero having pure heart and good intentions and and uh, and and all that, he you know he crappy stuff still happens. Worse, yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't win. The bad guy wins basically. Not um, cool. Yeah, so realistic, a, but not real cool. Yeah. So um, let's see. The next one is basements. Are creepy. <laughs> yeah, and, like and, and 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 it seems like, like every time we see this. a basement, you know, in film or in TV, that the lights never work, and it's always yeah. the right, yeah. like uh, you know, the the little pull, little ropes, you know, right. Which is yeah, that's that's like what I had. My parents still have in their basement, and when I was a kid, our basement wasn't finished, and uh, and and so, but there was a freezer down there. So whenever we needed something like for dinner, like it was like, all right, Wayne, go down to the freezer and get like, you know, like uh, the chicken or go down and get the, the asparagus or whatever. By myself? Yeah, exactly. No. I'm like, uh, basement by myself. So like, 
you know, so I had, and the, of course the freezer was like in the farthest corner. So there were like a series of probably like four or five of these lights, pull lights I had to pull on to get there. And then, um, and so there was like this moment where you were like running outside the light to get to the next pull light to get really pull it real quick. And then on the way back was, it was always a sprint as to run and pull the light and run and pull the light. And <laughs> I actually had where I could not even break stride. I could just grab it. And then if I missed that, Oh, I gotta go back and pull it again. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, then once the last pull light was done, there was like this, you know, it was basically a sprint up up the stairs and I could, I would like skip steps and just, I just always felt like there was something like right on my heels every time. Just like. Now were they those kind of stairs that had the opening yes, like yeah, underneath wood, too? So somebody could have like just, put their hand through the just, Yeah, flats? just wood steps. Oh just man, all those the way, are the worst. All the way down. I, any, any ghoulie could have just reached up and grabbed my, <laughs> Angles my feet. And and yeah. took you down. Yep. I was always like kind of panting and I got to the top. You know, why are you breathing so hard? I got the chicken for you. in the basement. Saved. Yeah. We had a super creepy basement. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's that. Yep. There's that. Okay. So what are your uh, top three there? I'm curious. Well, we, we said we said neat dudes. Do you want to see? Oh, yeah. You came up with the idea of back seats. You want? You want? Oh yeah. Now see, uh, you were like, "Oh, back seats are good." They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, and Dave was picking up what I was putting down. <laughs> right. That you know, in all those scary movies, what happens? You're sitting in the front seat, and actually, isn't it in Supernatural? Doesn't he yeah. in the first like in the yes. pilot or something? He's sitting in the front seat, and that ghost she shows up, and you see her in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Like that's in all. How many scary movies are they? What? Uh, how many scary movies are they sitting in the back seat and you see them in the rearview mirror and then you always have to check beforehand because then they're going to come behind you and like slit your throat? It's just creepy. Yeah, yeah, back seat, sorry. But I'm going to Detroit Rock City this one and say, yeah, but, you know, that, what, what about like in porno? So, you know, the back seat's awesome. So, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going I'm to side with Danielle here. The, you creepy. know, it's like, uh, you know, the whole as soon as you adjust your rear view mirror, right? There's something so, there looking right, at you. So the, uh, this could be like just a guy girl thing, you know, like the probably guys are like, oh, back seat. Oh, great man. The girls are like, back seats. Oh, yeah, it's, like, it's probably different. Uh, the 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 teenage experience of backseat is probably different depending upon your gender or how many scary movies you watch right. yeah right so. I've watched too many okay <laughs> all right the next one we're getting down the list so okay. it's, uh, bear with us is uh is statues so I'll let I'll let Dave riff on this one because well, he knows where I'm coming from well here. right and so does Danielle you oh, know yeah. that 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 uh, one of our I think we agreed that this is our favorite Doctor Who episode Blink and uh, uh, yeah I mean and and again what I like about you know in Blink and if you haven't seen Blink uh, Watch it. You know, if you haven't seen Doctor Who at all, season three, episode ten, Wayne. Thirteen. It's ten or eleven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, ten. You're right. You know, the, just the, the way they they use the camera, the editing, mm-hmm. just that these things are scary. And you know, well, and and the scariest part in there in Blink is when you think you're okay. Then at the very end, as the episode's ending, and the camera goes up to the um, you know, the roof line of the different buildings and you see more. Yeah, it's, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is the, the 10th episode of the third series okay. of the British of science Wayne fiction television series, Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> Another plug. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, I mean, anything that, that looks human but isn't is going to be pretty creepy. And something, especially mm-hmm. like a statue that is, you know, like human-sized, it's, you know, like pictures, like I said before, old pictures are, are, are creepy as well. Um, but 
you know, when you have statues that uh, that move them, I mean, that's like the, I remember the first time seeing Blink, and the first time the uh, the statue like moves forward or, or is like the the person sees it and then she turns around and then she turns around again or or we see in the background and the statue is in a different position right. just like ah! different facial you know, expressions yeah yep. I, they don't even you know like I, I know like now like the weeping angels will like will like have fangs and they'll bare their teeth but they don't even need to do that all yeah. they have to do is like move slightly and that is so creepy and scary that that's mm-hmm. all so Stephen Moffat, if you're hearing this, you know you don't. They don't need to bear their fangs. They're creepy enough just by yeah. moving. Yes. Isn't that same one where like there's that statue in the middle of the fog? Is that in that one, or is this in another movie that there's a statue? Uh, yeah, and there's yeah. a statue, and it's like bleeding tears. Uh, ble- uh, yeah, tears are blood, and it's in the middle of fog. Which fog could be added to the yes. list? Yeah. Fog is definitely creepy. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's not innocuous. So, I mean, I think fog yeah. is just innately creepy. Creepy, you know, yeah, like, creepy yeah. by nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it sounds like a, a, a group, like a boy. I know. Band. <laughs> Naughty by nature. I think that's <laughs> what you're thinking. By of. <laughs> Probably, that was actually their original name. And then the, the marketing guys got a hold of this. Like, um, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, that is how we're trying to. We're aiming at twelve-year-old girls. I don't think that's a good idea. And which brings us to our number one. Not that we're ranking these, but this is definitely, I think. <laughs> you are. <laughs> that is your number one. <laughs> number one is little kids are are creepy. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, the two children that come, the corn. children of the corn, and then again, you know, Wayne is like an encyclopedia for like episode titles and all that. So, but but the Doctor Who episode, you know, you, are you my mother or you my mother? Right, yeah. The uh, the the oh, the Doctor dances was the second one. What was the name of the first one? But the little kids with the gas masks yeah. fused onto their faces, and uh, oh, that was very creepy. Yeah, and then just the little kid's voice, "Are you my mummy?" You know, yes. the whole time, and it's like. <laughs> right. And then, like later on, it's funny because, like, the next season, because that was a Christopher Eccleston one, and then David Tennant took over. There's one scene where he like puts on a gas mask and he turns to his companion, like, "Are you my mummy?" And it's not Rose, so she's like, "What?" He's like, "Ah, nothing." You know, yeah. like that was, a, that was a funny little joke there. But yeah, that kid's super creepy. Um, the pilot of Supernatural we saw at the end when the mommy ghost uh, finally goes into the house because you know she had killed her kids, oh, yeah. right? And the kids and they like pull her down, yeah, the ground. yeah, and then yeah. there's that like. Pull of water. Yeah. Yeah. Little kids. Creepy. They're very, very creepy. Well, especially when they're standing at the top of the stairs and they're backlit, so you really can't, you just see like their right. silhouettes. Yeah. And that was really Backlighting. creepy. Creepy. And yeah, did you, did you see creepy. Doctor Who last night? I did. Yeah. The, there was a creepy little kid in that one too. The little girl holding the box in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was creepy. Yeah. Little kids are creepy, man. They're, yeah. I don't know why. That's Again, these, these things, some of them are inexplicable. Why? They, they just seem to, you know, I don't know. Sixth Sense. Hello. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Hello. That, the, Haley Joel Osment and the Sixth Sense. I see yeah. dead people. Was was really creepy. He was. Exactly. Yeah. What Just happened little... to that kid, man? Oh, he yeah. was in the AI. Probably on drugs, right? like all of the child stars are. Jeez. Yeah, but he might have got out, you know, like he hasn't, so. he hasn't been anything in a while. So he might have just taken the money to the bank and went to college and is living a normal life. You Good. Know? I'm, not, I'm not sure what's worse, turning out like that or turning out like Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Do you, do you know who? <laughs> no. Right. From uh from Growing Pains, right? Right. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, I know. I didn't know, I know the he's actor's like the name. He's like super yeah. religious guy yes. now and everything. I mean, like over the top. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Which means he's hiding something. Yeah. Right. He's got. He's got. There's some serious skeletons in the closet. He's like, <laughs> yeah. But we'll leave that for another time. So, but it's funny. You know, just like you, you mentioned, I know I'm digressing again, but this is funny because you know, <laughs> Dave said, "Yeah, you know, I was like, I was like, hey, where's some other podcasts are good?" And like, we're both in the fringe. He's like, "Well, listen to the Fringe podcast." So, 
you're welcome, guys. A little shout out for you there. But so I'm listening <laughs> to the early ones, and they, they uh, I can't remember why, but they mentioned Charles in Charge. I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, I haven't thought about that show. You're right, you know, how long? And then wow. they, and they mentioned the theme song, and I just I actually started singing it in my head. Like I remembered the Charles in Charge theme song. Like I remembered all the words to it too. I think so. Yeah, that was just <laughs> that was wild. Because uh, we actually. In English, when I was in ninth grade, we read an episode of Charles in Charge in school in English class. And it was hilarious. Like, I, I, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. That was a funny show. Wow. Hey, that was some good teaching there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, 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 for the life of me, I have no idea why we did it. <laughs> I just <laughs> remember, remember laughing about it. Out of all the things that I remember from high school, which is very few, I, I remember reading an episode of Charles in Charge uh, while we were in class. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, said. so that we'll wrap up our. I think that's the list. I think we got. All right. Well, we'll yeah, wrap right. up our discussion of innocuous objects that are creepy. So, all right. Well, anything else or any other tangents for us, Wayne? Yeah. No, I think I've, I think I've digressed. Yeah. Enough. So uh, anyway, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us a line at Fatalists podcast at gmail.com or the website fatalist.podbean.com you can get the episodes at itunes uh, fatalists and danielle it has been awesome <laughs> it has having you here yeah and, enjoyed uh, my time good times yeah. yeah nice to get a, a different perspective yes nice. and uh you know i'm sure we'll be inundated with uh email and comments to uh you know hey why don't you just bring her back and you two guys just <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hit the road why don't you guys yeah, shut up and let danielle talk for so all <laughs> right anyway Wayne, you know. so yeah. uh next time it will be the season two premiere looking forward to it yeah rock on should Woo-hoo. be good